welcome to this week's episode of Direct to Consumer Coffee Shop. Charlie, we've got great people up today. We have Brent, uh, who's been here before. We also have Rob, who's been here before, and introducing Daniel. We'll get to him in a moment. Please remember to subscribe uh, to make sure you don't see any of the other. You don't miss any of the new episodes. Smash the like button so we can get more views and more things. Comment with your questions. Share with your friends. Let's try to get this thing going. And hey, look, uh, Direct Consumer Coffee Shop would love to get a coffee company that might want to be featured on this thing. So let me know if you have a coffee business and you want to be featured. Otherwise, I'm just going to continue to enjoy my Cafe Vita and my Coffee Dose cup um, and take little sips off of my plant goods until then. So anyway... Uh, thank you all for being here. I'm super excited. And with that being said, we're going to get into a few big things today. And I think also uh, some of our guests have a few topics that they're going to be bringing. So I'm very excited with that. With that being said, let's introduce the new face and then we'll bring on some of our old friends. So a welcome to the stage, uh, a guy that went through the Facebook Ads MBA program, super stud dude, um, and has his own business on his own thing. Hey, Thomas, nice to see you here. Welcome to the stage, Daniel. Hey, Daniel, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Uh, I'm excellent. I, it's It's been a great day. Uh, it's been a great week. I started, uh, I got a personal trainer. Oh, so like, nice. I was at the gym last night. Um, and it was he started with leg day. So I feel like we're going to be good friends because like I'm a glutton for punishment. So like I'm excited that he's like, yeah, first let's just start with the thing nobody likes and see if you stick around. Like he's pushing me, which is good, which is good. How are you? What, what's been going on with you? You know, um, just riding the wave of Facebook right now, uh, implementing different tests. I I've just been doing tests this year. That's all I've been doing. I just want to learn um, how to fully master Facebook. So I'm not even really worried about Black Friday ads or, I mean, sales at all. Uh, been riding the wave of Facebook, and so far, sales are up. So happy about that. I love it, man. I love it. That, that that's, that's really good news. You know, I, I think... Black Friday is one of those things, and, and maybe we'll get into a little bit more, so I won't tip my hat too much to what I have going on, um, but I, I'm really glad to have you here, man. We're going to be diving into a few things, and uh, well, it's just great to see you, man. I always, I always enjoy I will say this. You're one of the few people that I get to have extremely deep theoretical conversations about Facebook algorithm stuff where we're both on the same page and understanding, and I treasure all of those times, and that's I was like, hey, maybe you should come on the show and we can have more conversations about it. Yeah, man. Happy to be here. That's Those times are always fun. Yeah, man. Well, with that being said, let's bring on somebody else with a lot of experience who I've miscited his experience three times in a tweet in the last 24 hours, and I finally got it together. Uh, Mr. Brent Sterling. How you doing, my man? All right, man. How you doing? Bonjour. <laughs> I got that wrong. You're in the wrong part of Canada, right? Like, I, I, yeah. I, I yeah. got that wrong. Not, that was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. My my kid is in French immersion though, so like I, I guess. Oh. Mm -hmm. Well, it's super creepy, but tell your kids some strange dude on the internet said bonjour. Yeah, yeah, I'll be <laughs> sure to bring that up at dinner later. It'll be fun. yeah, you know uh, why why not why not? Well, uh, so that we everybody can get to know you all. I, I I I Brent, we've already kind of introduced you before a little bit, but. Daniel, I think it'd be a great opportunity before we dive too deep into things. Um, tell people a little bit about what you're doing uh, and where you've been at and what, what's going on with you. Because, I mean, I know because we've been working together yeah, now for I, months. For sure. I tried well. to stalk you. I tried to stalk you. There's not there's not a ton out there, man. 
Well, I mean, for my, I mean, uh, on Twitter, I just, I don't tweet anything and I only repost things that I think are interesting so that I can go back and read it again later on. So that's mm -hmm. my whole Twitter feed, just reposting stuff that I've liked. But pretty much I started in e-com about uh, four years ago, started off on Amazon, then decided to try uh, opening my own website on Shopify, did that, um, and was surprised at how well it did. It did over seven figures the first year and haven't looked back. Currently working on launching a tea company to help women and just men in general with urinary tract infections. So uh, filed the utility patent in the summer and hoping to launch in a couple months or beginning of the year. So really excited about that. Damn. Impress what's your what's your store though? What's your main store? Or did you like did you stop that to go full out into the tea? My here's the thing, my main store is kind of just like a test. It's like a test store and Charlie knows this that um, I've been just testing out a lot of just Facebook ads and just You did you did seven figures on a test store? Oh no, that, no, no that, that was I no longer do that anymore. Okay. Okay. I was but, like, uh, what? That but, sounds like a main thing, not a, not a side thing. The, the problem with that was that that was in more of the health space and Facebook mm. doesn't really like before and after pictures anymore. So we were dealing with a lot of bands. I would create a bunch of ads and the biggest downfall was I'd set the ads and then come to check the next day. None of the ads could run and the page would be disabled. So yeah. that was just a headache in its own. And, needed to move on from that from that so what i'm doing right now is kind of just like a test store uh hoping to perhaps make a brand out of this it seems like it has potential but i don't really talk too much about it because i'm just running tests on it really his tests are what most people would really wish they could get their stuff tough stuff too uh so he's, yeah. he's, he's a bit modest but he's doing very very well for himself not to put you too I'll much out there, Daniel. Oh, thank you, Charlie. <laughs> uh, sorry, I feel like I interrupted you, Daniel. What what do you you got you got soda today? No uh not a DTC brand. Uh that's that's an odd flex, both of you guys. No, I'm, I'm yeah. not drinking I actually don't drink coffee. I don't really take caffeine. I'm just drinking some ginger ale from uh Costco today. That's it. Nice. <laughs> I got I have, I have a bubbly. I don't know. Does that? Probably. I also don't do caffeine. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So I'm going to start it off with this because complete side note, but I have to know. I'm a Lacroix and Topo Chico guy. Oh. I am not. Is it Lacroix? Is it Lacroix I mean, or is it Lacroix? You know what I'm saying? Like we can get we can get crazy. Uh, yeah, I used to date this girl from Denmark, and she always called it Lacroix. She's like, "Can I get a pamplemousse Lacroix?" And I was like, okay, sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, so Brent is in the bubbly category. I'm I'm in the the quah category. What about you, Daniel? Do you do you you're, are you just you're a Costco Reed soda guy? You're not even in on on the 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 seltzer. I'm not into the seltzer at all, man. I just very simple. I mainly drink water. <laughs> all right. Well, I, oh, big shout out to the seltzer, Brent uh, Barry last week. Uh, by the way, uh, sent me some some spiked seltzer. Uh, lone, I, I'll go grab that at some point in time because it was it's a really good product. I highly yeah, ran it. ranch water. 
What's yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys? Because it's not it's not available in Canada. I like Googled it and like nothing comes up here. And I was like, what? Okay, cool. Yeah, there's some weird alcohol thing. Like I was working with this alcohol delivery company, uh, Drinksmith, that did like, like prepared drinks and delivered. And we did a lot. We went national, but you can't go across the international lines with a lot of that stuff. So I'm sorry. Yeah. I wish, like we can't we can't share with you all of these wonderful alcoholic beverages that we're just shipping around and in a country that was you know founded on in bars and made famous by you know rum run by rum runners and uh, has a great pop culture around the you know organized crime of selling alcohol so i mean it's really at our core as americans i think brent you're in you're in canada right now yeah i'm in toronto oh i was born in toronto oh cool yeah, never lived I probably, like, there. I probably know somebody. There are like eight of us up here. At least that's the joke that I tell with like all my American friends. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I love how Brent was like, yeah, I'm is. from Toronto. Like he admitted defeat with, with that. Like it's a nice no, place. It's yeah, Toronto's dope, man. That's uh, I, I could be other places. I, I like it here. I, I, I've heard referenced a lot of times when people are trying to tell me about Canada that Toronto is the Los Angeles of Canada. Yeah, I think, I mean, we're probably, if you're going to make like direct comparisons, we're probably like more the New York and Vancouver is more the LA just because of the East Coast, West Coast kind of thing. But then you sure, have to figure yeah, out where yeah. Montreal fits in. And I, I don't, that's Chicago. Montreal's more like, yeah, like, but it's more European almost. Okay. So right? it's like, it's got like, that like European vibe. Montreal's fun. It's the Paris of Canada. I don't, I'm afraid that people from Montreal will either take that as a compliment or as like a fucking You're super so offensive Canadian. statement. And You're I'm like, just I like, nah. Paris, I don't want to upset anybody. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about, yeah, I'm thinking about friends in Montreal. And if I said like, yep, it's the Paris of Canada, how they would feel about it. And I don't know. So I'm going right, to well, weigh in on that. We'll, we'll put up a poll. All right. For, for the folks watching, we'll see. Like, let me know if, if Montreal is the Paris of Canada directly from Brent's mouth. Let's see if he's accurate. <laughs> Don't tweet that. Right. Don't tweet, all that tweet said, uh, I, I, Let's dive into some stuff here. So the big red herring on, on the wall right now, of course, is, is Black Friday stuff. And I'm really curious to see how people are taking it because there's a lot of different strategies going around. Um, and, 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 you know, I can go last year, but I'm really curious. Let's start all the way to left. So Brent, what are you doing for black Friday right now? I mean, so I'm on the growth side of shoelace where I'm just trying to bring in people and kind of help them with their initial strategies. Uh, I did, and I have actually been telling clients that I'm having calls with, like, you don't want to launch now. Like when I talk to people mm -hmm. that are like, yeah, we want to get going. And like, we want to jump in for black Friday. I'm like, no. No, you don't. You're already way too late. Um, and I have been actually taking from the last call that, that we were on. Uh, I've been pushing that forward. The stuff that you brought up about like discounts versus bundles. Because uh, I really like that take where it's like, why would you pay the most to have the and then discount on top of that? So like bring in people um, unless you're unless you're going to hit a certain volume where you're like, OK, margins are good enough on this. But I met with a, with a skincare brand like last week and the guy was like, I don't do, and he's been in business for like 30 years, like has his own store, but then like obviously transitioned into, into online. 
And he was like, I don't do discounts because it takes so long to get your brand built up. And so, so quickly you can like turn it around where people are just searching for those discounts. I'm not saying that that's like a blanket statement that every single D to C brand should do, but it does kind of make sense. I mean, as it, as costs increase, I just, I wouldn't recommend anybody like, oh yeah, go take more of a loss or like less margin on a product during the most expensive time of the year. Uh, that being said, you can get some really big wins out of out of a, a properly run BFCM. But I would say, I mean, we're seeing across the board with most of our clients, like more add to carts, less purchases coming through, right? CPMs are going up. We're transitioning a lot of clients to like more of a retargeting or we're like, all right, let's bring people in. We've run a couple things with some clients that's like, get on our VIP list where you're optimizing not towards a purchase, but instead like an email capture. So it's far cheaper and then using email to drive, right? Like drive discovery yeah. through social and then drive the actual purchase through a channel that's that's free. I think I quoted Cassandra Campbell, who is, is an experimentation lead at Shopify, always used to say like, there are only two things that you own on the internet and it's your domain and your email list and everything else is rented, uh, which I always, it's a good, yeah, it's a good quote, right? Um, and that's because it's true, right? Like go out and rent space to, to drive people through to your email list. But once you have them, why pay again to like hit them, right? Like yeah. you can, you can pay to kind of urge them to a point, but, but like if you have their email and you're decent at email marketing, then you should be able to get them to convert through through that. Yeah, through email or, or SMS or, yeah. or some fashion yeah. like that. Yeah. And and if you're running discounts, like why pull sales forward? Why let your existing customers who are going to buy get it at a discount? And I, and I love what you called out about the, the ad to cards, because I mean this can't be groundbreaking news that like, if you want to save money, go to the product you want to buy, hit add to cart and look for your email in three days. Cause like, like you're, you're immediately like teasing and then running away. And then that person desperate for your attention and, and approval and affection and money is just going to come clamoring to come get you. Uh, but yeah, you can absolutely do stuff like that. Like I've even done like reach objectives against the CRM list for people that didn't open the email. Yes, like that, like adding into your, your overall like email with with more of a like, okay, how do we push these people that haven't done this thing is it is a great play, uh, yeah. especially when it gets more expensive. And you know that like anybody that's that hasn't like properly prepared is gonna and that has budget or doesn't have budget is gonna heavy up into like optimizing towards a purchase, right? Whereas yep. if you start, and I think like this year, I, I saw a bunch of tweets saying that like Black Friday, Cyber Monday is weird this year. Like it just feels weird and nobody can really put their finger on what it is. Yeah, but every year it starts. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and every year though, it gets earlier and earlier. You see those costs start to rise earlier and earlier throughout because people are just like, they're, they're heavying up earlier. I mean, I think... This year, it started to hit around like mid-September and we're in like a weird post-pandemic, but still in pandemic is kind of a weird one. But every year you started to see it earlier and earlier. Initially, it was like October 
and then it kind of moved back into mid-September. And then it just like, I think even last year, it was more around August, like end of August, you started to see it. This year was kind of weird, but I wouldn't, it wouldn't blow my mind if you started to see that number like move back and move back. And that's not to say that like people are going to offer you Black Friday, like BFCM deals in July, but they're starting to prepare for it because they know that their costs are going to increase. So everyone's trying to go earlier and earlier to beat that overall spend, which is a massive win for Facebook. Yeah, uh, massive. If you think about it, right? Yeah, like, massive. Oh, more people are spending earlier and earlier every year. Great. Yeah, I love it. And to that point, like Daniel, you were talking about like you're not even playing the game, right? Like, no. Daniel's Black Friday strategy is fuck Black Friday. Yeah, um, I'm gonna run a Black Friday sale, of course, but it's not gonna be anything crazy. I'm gonna be doing heavy on the bundles. Um, we may have a site wide fifteen percent off, uh, which is only five percent off what more than what people can already get because. We offer pretty much everyone that opts into our email list 10%. So we're going to just raise that five extra percent, going to bundle some stuff and also offer free shipping, which we don't normally give free shipping. And the, the plan is to not run any Black Friday um, sales because I've been seeing a lot of people and it makes sense that there's the CPMs on Black Friday ads are just super high right now. And my, my CPMs have, have gone up within the past week, but nothing like what I'm seeing. My CPMs went from like eight, eight, $12 CPMs to like 16, $17 CPMs, which, which compared to what other people are, are talking about. Yeah, that's not, not, yeah, yeah. that's not bad. I've seen people with like 60, $70 CPMs, yeah. especially in like health and beauty and in like jewelry, like, man, they're just getting smoked. And I'm running jewelry. Are you? Yeah. I'm running yeah. Jewelry. Wow. Uh-huh. That's now, 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 for what it's worth, Brent, Daniel and I have worked together for a while, and uh, Daniel's launching a lot of Here his stuff, pairs himself with face being a good business partner to Facebook. So he's getting these tremendous CPMs. So when the shit hits the fan, he's still doing better than 90% of the people out there. Yeah, because yeah. I've seen some screenshots on Twitter with like people Dang. with just insanity CPMs, right? And you're like, what? Are exactly. you running? What setup do you have? <laughs> a lot of interest group. ABL. Yeah, I don't know. Just just everything Charlie me. hates. Everything Charlie hates is is what, yeah, I just is what they're running. I, I respect money. I like money. I think it's good to be successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hey, look, other people are seeing things work for them. They have the unit economics that they that they don't need to worry about that stuff. I mean, well, Charlie knows, but I'm a I'm a penny pincher, you know, because all the money comes out of my own pocket, so I'm not trying to lose anything. I'm trying to spend as little as I can. I'm trying to make as much as I can. Uh, so one thing that's really helped a lot, maybe we can discuss this further, is I've implemented a new kind of pop-up that's been getting me a 28% opt-in rate. So Let's dive into that. Shoot. All right. Yeah. Okay. Got my pen up. Let's go. So previously, and, and so, of course, when Black Friday hits, our, our whole thing is going to be emails, Right not really about the pushing the ads, it's gonna be emails. And so with this new pop-up, it's not even a Black Friday pop-up. It's just my same 10% off. But on Twitter, a couple weeks ago, closer to a month ago now, I saw Austin Bronner do a um, 
he did an interview with with the guys over at Optimunk, and I use Optimunk, and they had something called conversational pop-ups. Um, are you guys familiar with conversational pop-ups? No. No, enlighten us. So yes. A conversational pop-up is almost like a, a, a survey pop-up where the customer interacts with the pop-up. So for example, um, Indestructible Shoes has a good example of that where you go to Indestructible Shoes, the pop-up pops up and it'll show like, um, what kind of shoe are you looking for? Okay, and then the customer clicks on that pop-up and then this, and then it shows the email opt-in right here so, so that we can send you shoes that are which shoes that you're looking for okay and mm -hmm. with this right here my pop-ups were already pretty good my pop-ups were getting opt-in rates at nine percent and i'm not doing a pop-up where it only shows up after like 15 seconds that people are scrolling or people scroll 15 percent down the page my pop-ups show up within five seconds of people landing on my site so typically a pop-up like that has a lower opt-in rate compared to something that's on exit intent. But with this conversational pop-up, my opt-in rate when it went from 9% to 28%. And so this we're just collecting tons of leads off of this. This is super sexy. Like I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I, I, I don't know if Brent also went to the site and like immediately dove in. But yeah. I love this. I 100% did. It's not like, hey, hit give our email for a discount. It's saying, well, what are you looking for? Well, I'm looking for shoes. Waterproof sounds good. Great. Give us your email address. We'll make sure you do it. I love it. It's it's almost like the onboarding process for textile brands. Yeah. Uh, like the brand tech style. I keep referencing, but uh, like they're the fab brands. And that onboarding process is really in depth, right? Uh, yeah, we have a Facebook user. Uh, I can't see the name, but I'm almost certain this is Kelvin. Uh, but it says it's a decision tree. Yeah, it, it, it's walking you down a path where you're mm -hmm. also getting emotional buy-in to the product. Yeah. Right? Now you're like, yeah. oh, it's a salesperson that, like I walk into your store, if the salesperson is like, hello, here's 10% off. Like in LA, we have this store that's the like, I think it's the $10 store, but there's somebody outside every single day saying 50% off right now. And like, it's that person's job to just hold a placard. So everything in the store, if you have like, it's like, if it's marked with a purple, it's 50% off. Well, the purple's like imprinted into like the paint. Like it's, it's all, everything is 50% off all the time. There's, so you just have this, like, it's a tourist trap type of thing. So I, I immediately devalue all of this. What I love what you're doing here, Daniel, and big shout out to whoever the indestructible shoes people are. If you happen to know who they are, like let's give them credit. But I love this experience. I'll link it in the description of, of the video. Uh, so click below for that, I guess, if you're watching on replay. Uh, but like it, this decision tree, like I, I'm already invested into this type of stuff. Like, because what's great is they've got a product. I'm sure I can solve this problem in a million different places. Mm -hmm. What it's doing is it's also saying, if I don't solve, if I don't go to Amazon, Amazon and solve this problem right now, but I'm interested, you're now in my inbox and you're, it's a pattern interrupt of me going out to shop because now I have a salesman following up with me at my convenience to make the sale. Exactly.
And that's crazy good. I'm stealing the shit out of this. Uh, yeah, actually, I'm gonna steal the shit out of it for this brand. 100% gonna steal that for plant goods. One. Yeah, I mean, you can do the same thing for yourself, even on your own website. You know, like have a pop-up that says, "What are you struggling with?" Um, high CPMs. Are you struggling with like ad fatigue? Are you struggling with, uh, you know, misreporting stuff like that? You can for your own thing and then you can have them like go into a flow you'll just get a ton more people opting in like that all right well maybe Did i need mean? to step step up my game shit this is great i love it like this this is this is this is solid daniel thanks for the the nugget like this is this is rad i think i love diving into this stuff because last week i don't know if you guys saw but we dove into uh bite bite toothpaste asher's brand and like there is first off it's beautiful but also like their, their, their bundle builder process is amazing. And uh, they opt you into a four month renewal subscription product. So they bill you three That's times. Crazy. And I'm not going to go too deep into it. Cause I think we all went like, we all went Beatlemania over it for about five minutes last time. So if you all want to check that out, it's bite toothpaste.com. Uh, it's bite toothpaste. Is it, bite is toothpaste? It, it's bite toothpaste bits. I think. Bite toothpaste. I think if you Google it, it show. Because I used it, we're redoing the shoelace website right now, and we were like, "All right, let's go and find some like really dope look." And like the shoelace website is an agency website, but like let's go find some some like dope design that that we can kind of get inspiration from. And I brought that up. I was like, "Yeah, well, look I'm, at these I'm, guys! Like, it's not yeah. what we're doing, but like the design is dope." Yeah, these guys are dope. And, and I literally like I put it out on Twitter like, "Hey, who did this?" And somebody's like, "I think Asher just did it." And I was like, cool, who's Asher? Can I hire him? He's like, I, I, I run this company. Like, you can't hire me because I'm too busy doing other shit. And I'm like, okay, Mazel Tov, I appreciate it. I'm going to steal everything uh, as, as a sign of respect, right? That's, that's kind of what we do, uh, right? Let somebody, when you figure it out, this is a bit of a copycat game uh, uh, to, to the world of marketing. But, but I love that. Um, and I always love to have to do these types of things. Uh, with that being said, something we did last week that I really love, and I'd love to see your guys' opinion of going into brands and stuff like this. Like, what's some of your favorite D2C brands? And I'm going to start with this. Just last week, I mentioned one of my favorite D2C clothing brands, Dandy Del Mar. And I'm wearing currently a Dandy Del Mar Terry Cloth Western. And this is it in the real world. Check it out. <laughs> uh fucking great check it out they are in the market of i've determined their market is what i call uh post festival adult uh, i don't know if you guys caught yeah. on to that last one last episode i it's, did uh uh I, it's like did you uh do drugs in the desert seven years ago and now you've got like disposable income and a kid uh buy from us and like i think there's a whole lifestyle around this shit because it's a, like an affluent mid 20s now has like real money and they want to like kind of bring that in active wear to the rest of their life especially after covid so like uh like i'm wearing cut off sweatpants and this shirt but big fan dandy del mar big shout out to them the thing is charlie is their ideal customer if you look at dandy del mar's uh all their ads the guys all look like charlie 100 <laughs> they literally look like him it's 100% uh, true. Like we're all sourcing the same, we're all coming from the same place. That being said, 
Uh, Daniel, I let Brent take it first. Like, what's some D to C brands that you just love right now? Yeah. Uh, right now, um, a D to C brand that I really like is called Indoso. It's a it's a sandal company, and they make their sandals out of recycled tires in Indonesia. And so their whole thing is they're trying to get rid of waste over in Indonesia, and they're turning them into sandals. And these sandals are super durable, and they're super good quality. They just look like normal flip-flops, but they're super strong. And I love them because they're waterproof, and they've got super good grip. So I use them when I go paddleboarding and just hiking. And they're, I, I really enjoy them so far. Well, I prefer much more compared to like a reef sandal or something like that because those – hold water they're made out of foam and whatnot but these indo soles are made out of rubber and so you can be hiking and you won't slip i ride them i use them when when i ride like skateboards or scooters as well super good stuff oh really yeah shit okay i like i listened to last week's so i'm i'm prepared for this i got I, I listened to last week's thing, and then when you were asking, and you were like, we're going to make this a regular thing, I was like, oh, shit, think about it now, so that you have them, like, top of mind. Uh, I'm I, I have tracked this. I will link them for sure. This is this is dope. I, like, I don't know if they'll replace my Crocs, but this might be, like, something my wife won't hate me to wear out in public, oh, okay. so snag me a couple of these, because I mean- my Crocs are now just dog-walking shoes. Is what is the only excuse I get to still have them in the house? Oh man, I'm ordering these. I'm ordering these right now. (laughs) If you you do water stuff, like you you like walking around in the beach, because like Crocs are cool, but when they fill with sand, they're not that fun. But but with a flip flop, flop, you know, they're just perfect for walking around on the beach or in the water. If you're going on a vacation to like Cabo or Mexico or something like that, these are great. I am going on vacation with Big Bear, so if they had, like, uh, snowboarding shoes, I'd probably take them off. Yeah, what about you, Brent? Yeah, I got – I have three, and they're all, like, apparel companies. Um, Okay, let's go. It's uh, Tentree, because they do, like, sustainable, sustainable, like, loungewear. Nice. Uh, But they plant 10 trees every time you buy from them, which is also pretty dope. Uh, cotton, it's spelled C O T N. Um, oh, yeah, they've been popping up in the DC space on Twitter too. I keep seeing them listed in like favorite DC brands where it's clearly like somebody yeah. trying to get attention from other great like Twitter <laughs> accounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's I think uh, Dan Gray leads growth over there. Um, All right, yeah, this is pretty cool, and, man. And then the last one is Wuxley dot com and they're essentially uh, i actually they were these guys were the first d2c brand i ever dealt with and they were running a kickstarter campaign in like 2014 to like kick off their brand and i just met them at an event and and i was like i've never run a kickstarter campaign before how do i get in on this um so i like jumped in after 10 they they only had like 30 days to raise after 10 days, I jumped in, went like real hard on the organic. We got Pamela Anderson to tweet about it, which was pretty big because they're a competitor to uh, Canada Goose because they do everything with it's like, all it's all vegan, vegan puffer. Yeah, and, puffer. and the jackets yeah. are dope. And then I, I don't know if they do this anymore, but they had the best thing. 
where if you bring in your Canada goose jacket, they'll actually take it from you, give you a $200 discount off of their jacket. And then they give it to, to like the, the homeless and the needy, which is a wicked, like, so one, it's like very nice, but also it's kind of like real, Oh, it's just, it digs at your competitors. Like, yeah, we're going to give, we'll give these Canada goose jackets away to people <laughs> that need them. But that means that like, and, and there is that like Canadian trope where it's like everybody in Toronto is just like, as soon as November hits like Canada goose jacket on. Um, but then when you give them out to, to the less fortunate, that kind of erodes that brand piece too, where it's like, Oh, maybe this isn't. And I mean, you know, it's in that gray area, but I liked it. I, I thought it was a great play. Um, and they're like vegan. They don't do, and like Canada goose now has just come out recently and said that they're, they're going. Like, oh yeah. I saw that. They're like, we're yeah. Canada goose. We're going to not use geese. Uh, yeah. like, okay, great. So but that's the way like everybody's trends. Most, most people are becoming this like, like sustainable, and and like environmentally friendly fashion right like that's that's where people are at they're kind of realizing more and more that it's important what like goes into your clothes and uh, i met with a brand the other day that the guys he's like starting it with his with his wife where they're just trying to make products that don't have any plastic in them because they mm. are so, like this is kind of the way that I think DTC is leading the way with this. And like Wuxley was one of the first kind of brands to just go out and like stamp it into the ground. Like we're a vegan company because they were doing it in 2013 or 2014. So like way oh, back. Wow. I love um, that they kind of have this like Supreme red badge on their thing. I love that they say free shipping across Canada and USA, like shots fired. I get it. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I they're Canada first. Like, we'll bring in that Canada goose. We'll give it to some homeless people. Like folks living on the street should have this. Like it shouldn't. It's not trash. But I mean, no. it's one step above it. Why don't you buy something? That positioning is and uh and the the founder of it was actually a football player, and he got a Canadian ton of press football? because yeah, like but he played in the states, and then I mean, basically what happens is, is like if you you play college ball in the states, then if you don't make it into the NFL or like you're on a practice roster or whatever, eventually you end up and he's Canadian. So like you, you come back, you play in the CFL. Um, but he did, so he did that for like five years and then he got a bunch of press because he retired to do this. So the press pickup there was like, you know, former football player retires to start like vegan outerwear, um, which was super cool. And they've expanded quite a bit. Like, and when I did their like Kickstarter campaign, all I got paid for it was a jacket. They were like me and the guy that was running my like small agency at the time. We were like, yeah, we'll do this for jackets. Like give us, I still have it. And it's still like great. And that was seven years ago. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, right? that's great. Uh, well, very cool. I'll link all of these in cause that's, that's kind of awesome. Yeah. I think last time we got into like a lot of, we got into, uh, waters so this time we're getting into apparel which is which is fun i love it i love it we're expanding the breadth of who it is that we are appealing to i think that that's great um so kind of pivoting here a little bit now i had one or two topics that i was going to bring up 
but I did see that Brent and our little back channel oh. chat uh, apparently had like a note card of shit that he wanted to bring up. So instead yeah. of just letting this be the main character syndrome of myself steering the ship, Brent, like I'm gonna let Jesus take the wheel. Internet marketing, G Jesus. Well, uh, Daniel, by the way, uh, it doesn't look like it now, but Brent used to have. Brent's hair used to make me look like a marine. Oh wow! Uh, if you see his profile yeah. picture, he's 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 uh yeah. So I'm gonna let Jesus take the wheel here for a second, and Brent, like, let's bring it up, buddy. Like, I you, I wrote so many. It, so let's go. Yeah, I wrote so many. Um, I mean, because I started to focus, and I mean, you tell me, do you want to talk about like careers in like in what we do? Or do you want to talk about, like, because I wrote a bunch of things about, like, career stuff or, you know, what are the top five variables you should focus on as a paid social media marketer? Uh, what about, like, creative? What are the five elements of good creative and, and how do you rate them? Like, I have a bunch. Uh, okay. Yeah. Like, so do you want to go creative or do you, and I actually just shout out to Amir Jafari, who's a growth lead at Shopify, who just gave a talk for Superside. Uh, which is a, they, I don't know if you guys looked into Superside, but they're super dope too. Uh, they, they do creative like on demand almost. It's a 48 hour turnaround time. Uh, I use them when I was at Shopify there. You just like give them a brief and in 48 hours you have your creatives done. It is real good. They're a D2C um, and you just get, company. Yeah. Like they basically solved that. You know how, like, it's so, everybody's like, yeah, I want new creative, but they don't know how to brief in. They don't know how to, like, bring people along. They don't know how to do iterations. Like, everybody could say, like, oh, yeah, get better creative. But if you don't know how to actually communicate with the designer, it gets infinitely more difficult. Um, and, like, Superside solves for that. Uh, so Amir Jafari just gave a, they're having, like, a whole day webinar thing. And he just gave a talk on, like, creative and, and how we kind of scaled creative and ways to test into creative to figure out like what actually works. I just tweeted out something just recently, right. like here are the 14 features to have a look at when it comes to like video creative and how you go into experimentation along that like video creative piece, right? Where it's like, you don't just build one video, you have to build one video, then assess these like 14 pieces of like, what's the thumbnail and like, what's the hook? and all of those pieces so that you can then eventually get retention. And, and then you can look down funnel to decide like, okay, did this have an on-site impact? And and how much is the creative responsible for what's happened on site, right? Like, well, well, so I guess I the, the question is the long, the short version of it is like, yeah, yeah. what so, are the five things that you focus on when you're looking at like say video creative? Well, well, what I'll say is this. I feel like we all need to watch this video and then maybe have a convo on it. So drop the link in the back channel and, and I'll post it in the description of this and we'll let uh, your, your your former you know co-workers at Shopify do the very in-depth talking so we don't cover the same ground. But let's, uh, you know, we talk about it. I, I, I've got great videos on my career and I could talk endlessly about stupid fun stuff like well, that. Yeah, okay, let's do that. What are the, all the right. performance metrics? Well, like, let's do, let's do careers in this, right? Okay. Like, what are the, okay, because I, I mean, I, I've done a bunch of hiring for, like, performance marketers, but what are the, what are, like, the five things that you think that you really look for? Like, one of the major ones that I've always found really, really helpful, 
I, you don't always get it is like a background in organic because mm -hmm. I find that people that have backgrounds in organic can like write copy really well. They can assess creative. They can, they, they lean more to that creative side and less to the data side, which, and I mean, I'm biased because that's also my background. Uh, but, but they lean more into the creative side. And I think that as long as you can nail the data and ad tech setups, which is, is far easier to learn, having that creative background is, is far more important in being able to, to actually like get ahead in this and do really well. That's really interesting. Yeah, well, well, uh, I'll jump in and then Daniel, why don't you take a look at it too? So for myself, I, first off, let's just, why don't you break down kind of what's important to you? And so let's start with the creative, that organic background. Um, first off, I started in organic. Uh, I, I ran an organic agency for organic growth hacking. Um, I figured out a way to organically force trends on Twitter. Um, I built giant botnets. Uh, and, yes. and so, yeah, like I, uh, I, I set up giant botnets that were automated through if this, then that before Zapier was a thing and yep. basically set up giant, like I had a crew, crew of people and we could at force of will by keyword force trends in markets. And we automated a bunch of these Twitter accounts to basically have a personality. Uh, and so what we did there was like people would talk about like, oh, I'm into food, cars and soccer or something like that. And we picked a couple of topics and we basically just had these people automated, automatically tweet out on a regular basis. And we had thousands of accounts that all were genuinely like engaging and genuinely like tweeting about stuff. And then I had a couple of fun ones. Some of them got banned, some of them haven't. But I did one that was like a, it was called Swear Bear. And like, if you, if you use profanity in your tweet, it would come back and correct you. Just like, Hey, look, you probably shouldn't use that. Like, and so there's a bunch of this of it, just like scolding people for their vernacular. And then people <laughs> get these huge conversations with this bot that would just like, would like, if you, and if you use profanity, be like, well, that's not very polite, blah, blah, blah. So it's this very Canadian uh, stuffed animal like picture. And, uh, and, it, and it ended up getting like tens of thousands of followers because people just wanted to get triggered by this bear. So, and I wrote like 12 things that the bear would do with some if then that statements. So I came up in that organic space and the reason I got into page was my biggest client fired me because like I dropped a hundred bucks in the Facebook and did more than my pay you $2,000 for. Um, so I respect you and I appreciate it. Here's your last check, but I'm gonna go. And so yeah. after that day I ate a shit ton of sugar uh, went to sleep late, woke up the next morning, dropped my credit card into Facebook, started promoting my band. And within three months, I was running paid media for Jamba Juice and uh, River Cruises. And within six months, I was doing stuff for Trey, uh, Jay and Silent Bob, doing like Comic-Con concert or Comic-Con like seat ticket, uh, you know, reserves and using like offer ads and shit like that. And then within nine months, I was spending a million dollars a day for CBS and I was a supervisor at, at uh, Omnicom managing, you know, seven figure budgets for Nissan, CBS, working with the Activision team, the Levi's team, where I was managing people that had done everything right in their life. Like they went to college, they did, they went to high school, they went to college, they got good grades, they got a real job. And um, I was just some asshole with like Western, like I had cowboy boots uh like like torn up jeans and baseball t-shirts and i was in there like running the shop and i couldn't even send a fucking email so uh i love that because ultimately paid media is amplification of organic content and if you don't understand yeah. you're going to fail 
So yeah, I, I that's, but that that's my long diatribe. I, I don't know, Daniel, if you have any opinion on that, but like, I always look at it as, I mean, Daniel knows I teach like how to be a decent marketer is respect to the customer, which is a, sure. a lot of art. 100%. What, what was okay, the question so, actually? So the, que the question is like, what do you, what do you look for in, in a potential like hire? Or, I mean, think about it as like, somebody super junior or that wants to break into it being like, all right, what are the skills that I need to have? Right. Like I always ask like the interview questions or, or stuff like how many conversions does it take to mm -hmm. exit the learning phase, which if you don't know, it's 50 over seven days, you're out. Right. Like that's an easy qualifier. Mm -hmm. The the other side is like, I, I ask stuff like, all right, you're going to start a Shopify or I started a Shopify store today. I, I implement the pixel properly. I come to you and I say, here's a thousand dollars a day. I have no sessions, no past purchases, nothing. How do you do it? Like, tell me what the first three months looks like where, where you're like, what? And I, I don't even, they're always like, what kind of brand? And I'm like, no, no, no. I need to know your setup. Like, I, I don't worry about the ads. Tell me what type of ad you would run, but we don't need to talk about what creative looks like. Tell me the types of ads you would run, what your structure is like how much of it's traffic, how much of it, you know, but I don't even get that far. I'm just like, you tell me what you would yeah. do. Right. So what, what are the thing? And I can answer that question later, but like, what are the things that you would look for? Say you're hiring somebody to run your growth to replace you, right? You get so busy. You're like, fuck, I need to deal with logistics, everything else. <laughs> what is it that somebody needs to have to make you impressed by them? Well, if we say Facebook ads on its own, it has to be a good understanding of the platform. You know, definitely. I don't care how creative that person is. I don't care how much that person has spent. If they don't understand how the platform works, uh, they're not going to be able to make it. I, I feel, you know, and especially now with all the things that have happened with misreporting and just stats being off. I mean, Charlie knows because we have these conversations all the time. It's our conversation each time is, okay, I'm, I'm running this test and I'm running this test because Facebook is reacting in this way. So a lot of the things that I do in my account now is based off of the way that Facebook reacts. And I feel that if you're going to be a good media buyer or someone that works with Facebook, you have to really understand how that platform works. And the hard part is that there's just so much misinformation out there right now that, I mean, when I was working with Charlie, I had to unlearn everything that I had learned for the past three and a half, four years. And so our conversations wouldn't just be like 45 minutes. Each time I'd hop on the call with him, it'd be like two hours. Just asking him questions and bringing screenshots that I saw off of Twitter, not even from my own accounts. Oh. You see, I, I would take screenshots off of Twitter and be like, all right, this person is struggling with these things, let me see if I'm able to diagnose this the right way. And we would just work through like problem questions with other people's accounts too, because that right there is the, the biggest thing as far as media buying. Um, so if I were to add, hand my ads off to someone else, it would definitely be an understanding of the way the Facebook machine works. And when I see some people say that Oh, you, they, they call Facebook AI, you know, first of that, that's wrong. You know, it's machine learning. They have to really understand the fundamentals of Facebook properly. See, but how do you, okay. So how do you get to that stage if you don't, 
like, all right, I'm fresh out of school. I kind of understand what that is. And how do you get, how, like, basically my question is like, how do you break into the industry and be, be good at it? Right. I mean, I think that there's a difference in like when you're hiring junior versus senior, right? Mm. Like I get way more hardcore if, if I'm hiring a sure. like senior performance marketer, but if somebody's new, what are the things that, uh, look at, I can, I clicked over to the comments. I can see Andre, Andre is just rolling in uh, good understanding of a customer and buyers and a buyer's journey. Cause like even the Facebook side, right. is like, you need to understand how it's complementary to mm -hmm. all of the other channels as well, because yeah. otherwise maybe you get a performance marketer that comes in and they're like, well, we're just going to hammer into BFCM instead of thinking like, uh, like critical thinking skills basically is my point. Well, yeah. So like, yeah. 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 So, so with yeah, that in mind, like, I really want to, I really want to stress that like, I need to know what that person's responsibility is because I think one of the biggest issues that we see is we have a lot of Facebook experts and agencies or whatever, uh, people that know what they're doing. Um, and their primary focus is to make Facebook look good. Mm. And the honest truth is Facebook looking good has very little to do with your business being successful. Um, and, and, and I can give example after example of how Facebook first metrics can cripple the rest of your business. Um, so I won't go too much into that. But if I'm asking somebody to be my performance marketer, like, for instance, may, maybe they are like just my Facebook media buyer entry level. I don't necessarily need them to understand the whole ecosystem ROAS, right? But to your point, not only do I want them to understand creative and at least understand like a user experience, right? Now I'm, yeah. I'm shit at copywriting, but like I can see good shit and I know how to analyze other stuff. But what I can say is I have either I want somebody that is left brain like that or right brain, whatever, or I want somebody that's the other side, whatever the hemispheres. I'm, I'm not good at this shit. But uh, the other one where it is, if you don't know that stuff intrinsically, I want you to be the best person in the room at Excel. I want you to be able yeah. to understand data and to manipulate it to answer a question in 30 seconds or less. Exactly. Either you those are important. intrinsically yeah. know it and I can teach you Excel or you are a data person and I can teach you the other side. But I want you to I, over index in one of those. Yeah. I think so too. I just think it's harder to teach the creative side and it's easier to teach the, the, the data and performance side. So dependent, especially in the world that we live in now, right? If you can, if you can set up your ad tech and give them at least a decent kind of starting structure, if you give somebody the creative side to it and do creative testing, then, then they can really take something off. The, the other side though, I've worked with some like traditional performance marketers Shout out to Benji Yang, even though he's a PM now. Uh, but like that guy just knew the numbers. Like he could just go in and squeeze that like extra 5% out of any channel. It didn't matter. We like gave him stuff. We were like, yeah, we need to run Yahoo search in Japan. And he's like, okay. And then he just doesn't speak Japanese, goes three weeks later. He's like, yeah, he's running. And like the CAC looks good. And you're like, what the fuck? How the how'd you do that? And he's just like, yeah, you know, I just figured it out and went. Um, but you give him creative and he was like, yeah, okay, I'll run it. 
And you're like, you don't want to have a look at it first or anything? And he's like, no, no, I'll just, I'll get it to go. And you're like, all right, cool. And he could, but, but I think that you, that era is kind of slowly dying out, right? Is like, yeah. or at least the era of like no creative input from a performance marketer exactly. or media I mean, buyer or whatever. It's like what you said, you know, they're, they're those, those people, those are special people. Like the guy you were just mentioning, right? Very special. If you can find someone like that, like pay them well and keep them as long as you can. But most people, I think it's more along the lines of what Charlie said, right? Where people are not going to be able to have that overarching knowledge of a platform. They're not going to be able to be the person that can specifically problem solve and critically think properly, right? So I think it's important if you're making those kind of hires to just hire people that are good at just one thing, right? Like Charlie said, you're good at, at Excel, then here, this is your job. You're good at analyzing yeah. numbers, this is your job here. This, you're, you're, you're good at creative and taking good images or putting good videos together, this is your job here, right? It's, it's hard to find the person that can do the whole thing. The whole well, thing. I'll, I'll say Other than me and Charlie and you. Oh, there we go. Go ahead. Yeah. Other yeah. than me and Charlie and you. Right. The exactly. Well, well, everybody else. You know, for what it's worth, I actually have a bunch of people that I can steer you to that I've been working with for a couple of months and they all have, they all index in different spots. I can steer you in the right direction. If you, if you want elite marketers, I've got a great, a great alumni full of them. Um, soft pitch for whatever I'm doing. Not, that's not the part of this, but Hey, look, I, that's what I do. Uh, my product is elite marketers. Um, all that aside, what I can say with this is, Something that I learned a long time ago that I really value is specialty specialists are far better than generalists. Now, I learned this also from there's, there's a woman that I follow that I learned from a lot. Her name is Janae Rose. She has this thing called the Boss Program. I'm a big believer in what she does, and I've paid her an ungodly amount of money, and I've gotten a great return on it. Highly recommend it. Uh, but she gives this great example of if you're having like a problem, do you want to go to the, the corner doctor or do you want to go to a cardiologist? Right? Like, who are you going to trust your life to? Do you want somebody that's a little bit good in a lot of things? Well, maybe if you've got a four person team and you just need somebody to pick a lane and go with it. Great. Like, like I've worked with people. Like I had a great old coworker, Vika. You could literally drop her into any problem, give her a week. She's going to be better than an entry level employee. She indexed really highly in some stuff, but she could solve anything you put her into. The problem is like that's a great skill set to have. But if I'm hiring somebody for my team, and I have a team and I'm trying to fit that need, I either want somebody that can wear twelve hats that I can rely on to solve a problem, where basically that person is. I don't have a business that can run without me. And I need somebody to be a mini me to go handle the problems that I can't invest my time into. Now that's an architectural structure to your business and that can work. The problem is you're fundamentally limiting your upside. Um, like if your business needs you, then you don't have a, then your, your ability to scale is, is tremendously inhibited. Um, and, and all the people so, that I know their business is selling bus their businesses all of them basically, they, they design, I'm going to find, I'm going to make me obsolete. I'm going to go to the next thing, make me obsolete, go to the next thing, make me obsolete until I'm completely unnecessary here. And then I'll just sell it off and do it again. And those are the people that are making yep. eight, nine figure exits. So my point here is be the brain surgeon. Don't be the like walk-in clinic doctor. 
And I would rather, um, I would much rather have a team full of brain surgeons and then figure out what problem do I have a gap. For sure. It's, I mean, it's being T-shaped. That's what we used to call it. Like Shopify, they all call it like T-shaped where you're super deep on one thing and then you kind of like get the rest of it. I'm trying to get to M shaped. I want to be M shaped where I'm super deep on like three or four things. Okay. I'm just trying to figure that out. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Like, you know, it does, it does, it does like a blocky M, like a blocky M. I got you. I got you. Yeah. 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 I got you. You know where I saw the, the biggest uh, example of this was when I was trying to look for mentors because I, I've, I've looked for consultants in the past where they, they're like, oh, we'll, we'll bring you to, will bring your business up and they were like they knew a little bit of this a little bit of that a little bit of this they knew a little bit of everything and that helps when you're first starting out but then i went on to charlie and charlie is like ten thousand. i'll teach you how to run ad facebook ads right i asked charlie do you know anything about google ads he's like no i don't do search and i, I that's the way it has to be right i mean i would yeah. rather pay yeah. the ten thousand to each to each kind of uh, individual and get the best I can from each one. We need those, the people with those specialties. Yeah, and so we're trying to build cool. teams. I think that absolutely, you know, is is yeah. what we need to index for. And especially now that we're reaching the end of Q4 and we're planning for Q1 and trying to build our teams, like, I don't know, my biggest advice, and maybe we can kind of, we're coming up on an hour so we can wrap up on, on one of these things, but like, I'll, I'll say this. Let's go with the advice about either team building or other things, but for Q5, what is the priority? Now, for those that don't know, Q5 is basically the week after Christmas and, and before New Year's. Um, Facebook, the disruptors could be always called the Q5. I don't know if that's very public stuff, but some people definitely have that vernacular. And that, that week, that two weeks, when ad agencies are on vacation, and basically everybody's asleep at the wheel. What are you going to do to take advantage of January one? Because I'll tell you this, the people that act really well in that period of time can fundamentally change their future. For instance, <laughs> I like this from Andrew. It's yeah. like, sleep. No, I get it, I get it. Sleep. Believe me, I get it. If you're sleep. in the agency world, like please sleep. For those of us in the D2C world, like I'll, I'll give one example. I was in, you know, meal replacement shake business, you know, uh, three ten nutrition, and I was their growth manager. Uh, and we did a we did a lot, right? We would spend as much in that week after Christmas to New Year's as we did in September to December. We would do hundred, two hundred thousand dollars spend days when our average might be thirty or forty, easily. And we would cut back beforehand to pay for it. But it was customer acquisition. Basically, everybody was asleep at the wheel. All the stores were closed. And so we're the only shop in town. And we're getting crazy CPMs because nobody's advertising. Like, why would I sell? Everybody's already bought. What am I going to do? So we're just the only shop in town. And the relationships that we would leverage then would pay for all of our downtime in the summer because you have to know your business management. So that's how we would take Q5 is for us, it was let's identify the gaps in our business. Let's acquire as many fucking customers as possible, knowing that the LTV on these customers are gonna pay for our downtime. And we would also do the craziest fucking testing we possibly could. 
Like we would literally set up like 10 grand a day doing everything wrong. Like, let's just see where nobody's playing what works. Like, so all the like, have you ever done this kind of stuff? Like, yeah, I dropped five grand a day isolating interest group and audience and like factors of this and like doing everything the wrong way just so that we could make that lesson so that we didn't have to make it with money that didn't matter. And that's how we uh, took advantage of Q5. So that's that's my bit of advice, but I'd really be interested to see what you guys think in that period of time. I don't know if you've made a plan for it, if you thought about it, but like, there's this like out of focus area. It's like the Wyoming, uh, no shots to Wyoming, but just like, it's this giant, like palatial, like just wilderness where there's no real structure to anything, right? That you can take advantage of. And I'm curious to see what you guys are thinking because that's something your Black Friday campaign should be live. You're thinking about Q1, but this Q5 period, this after Black Friday, after holiday, before the new year can fundamentally change your business. I'm curious to see what you guys think priorities are there or what you would suggest people should do or what you might be doing in that time. Let's you go. go, dude. I've talked, I've talked first. I've talked first like every time because I just can't wait to get something out of my mouth. I'm like, go, go for it, go for it. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Like what I'd say is, I mean, I agree with you in the, in the testing side, but the other piece to it is going back to my, my like even BFCM strategy is like lead gen creation, right? Like how can you, how can you pad your email stats on top of like run the rest of your holiday campaign, but then how can you pad your stats to get future intent? Right. You're going to have exhausted every single list that you have. Right. Like throughout the holidays, you're going to hammer every single person that you have in your CRM with every single message you could possibly think of. So what's the what's the piece that, that you can go like you need to refresh that list. You need to bring in net new people that you've never hit before that you can then through those dry periods of like. Even in January, it gets a little bit hairy. I mean, in the in like SaaS world, January is already always pretty decent, actually, because uh, like everybody from D to C clears out, and then you get to like just do whatever you want. Uh, but I'd say like take that time, and even through January, right? Don't try and if you know that your customers, like when you look at your year over year, and you see that your like purchases drop throughout that time, then drop back to something that's up funnel, right? Like go and get an email from somebody for a dollar instead of paying a $12 CPA, right? Like go and get 12 emails instead of getting one purchase for that 12 bucks, right? Go out, build and pad your list and work on your like email marketing flows. Like I think it's one of those times where you get to sit back to and, and, I agree with you. Like you can go hard into testing, but I think like the, the lazy man's approach, I guess, is like go out and do lead gen for, for yourself, for those like dry periods that are coming, right? Like in January, if it's rough, then, then run email tests, right? Like write new subject lines, write new emails that, that take what you did during like BFCM, learn from those things and, run a bunch of email tests against a massively new list that you just went out and, and kind of bought, but at a way less premium than what you had to leading up to BFCM. 
I think I think Charlie froze there for a second. He's back. Maybe. Dan, uh, why don't you go? So. I'm back. Keep going. Okay. Oh, okay, there we go. Great. Um for me, I we're gonna go really hard. Um in Q five as Charlie calls it. Uh I don't really personally I don't really like spending more during this time and getting uh making less profit at the same time too because of you know having to run sales and whatnot so i plan to really scale up right after black friday uh at the same time too we're going to be doing um new launches and i'm also going to be really focusing heavy on like what brent said uh you know just trying to fill my funnels with new leads and the primary way I'm going to be doing that most likely is I'm going to be stealing a page out of Colin Wayne's book for uh, Redline Steel. The, the man's just phenomenal with his customer acquisition tools. They've, Redline Steel has been around for about six years, and they've already passed two point, like two, 2.3 million um, orders at this point right now. So that's just... Amazing. Last year, they, they passed a million, and within that year to now, they've passed another 1.2 million. So he's just doing, he's just great at customer acquisition. And so we'll be playing that game, trying to just fill our funnels, I mean, uh, fill our list with new uh, customers. Because uh, it's funny, what Charlie said is something very similar to what Alex Becker said. And he said that, uh, let's just say that you have a whole year to make $10 million. When would you like to make that $10 million? Would you like to have that $10 million made spread over the whole 12 months? Or would you rather have it be made at the end of the year where, when all the sales happen? Or would you rather make it at the beginning of the year? He said, you should want to make all that money as quickly as possible at the beginning of the year because your ad costs are going to be down. So you'd be the most profitable at that time. And that's what I would like to do as well. I love it. I love it. I feel like... That's a great place to end it here with actionable insight for folks to take things away from. And uh, I, I love it. The Red Line Steel guys, we've, we've talked about them a few times. Like that is tremendous stuff. And I'll make sure to link them down here below as well. Um, well, with that being said, like, I guess the way I'd love to end this is just like, I really appreciate having you guys on. If there's anything that you guys want to promote or, or let know how people can find you, um, I want to make sure that, you know, we've had a, we've had a fair amount of folks check these things out. Uh, every episode tends to have a couple hundred more people than the last one. Uh, so I, I'm super interested. I want to make sure that people are able to find you. I want to have this ongoing value and, and whatnot. And, uh, you know, everybody says I'm this like really mean guy on the internet. It's just trying to troll people and I want attention. <laughs> Like they might be right, but also like I'm only coming after you if you're absolute dog shit at your job. So like, be <laughs> better, and I won't. You won't be in my uh, crosshairs. That being said, you guys are clearly great individuals, and I'd love to talk with you. And I want to make sure that you guys get the most out of this attention. Prefacing it with that, which I probably shouldn't have to begin with, but whatever. I mean names, and that's who I am. Uh, and and you know my work will stand for itself. That being said, uh, Brent, how can people find you? Uh, I'm at Brentertainer on Twitter is probably don't, if you follow me on Instagram, it's just pictures of my kids. Uh, and, and I'm like, we're shoelace.com. We're, a, we're the best D2C agency in the world. 
All right. There you go. You uh, did make you want to say that. So I, I know I did. Yeah, I know. I made the joke that I was going to say it. Uh, we're a performance marketing agency. Um, and I'm the VP of growth and sales there. Uh, so like check, check us out. New website is coming though. So don't, don't, don't judge me on old website. New website's coming. I'm going to go and write copy for it right after this. You should. There you go. If you need a, if you need a good copywriter, I got a guy for you, by the way. Uh, oh, I, I have a guy, I have a guy too, but I'm going to write it first. And then my guy is going to tell me why it's shit and, and why I'm trash at writing copy. I like that. I like that. What about you, Daniel? Uh, I'm not really on socials. I like Brent said, I don't, I don't really do too much. You're a um, ghost. But, but if you want to chat about brand building or LTV or CROs, Facebook ads, that kind of thing, just hit me up on Twitter at Daniel Rambling. That's it. There we go. Yeah, I got you guys linked. All right. Well, with that, I really appreciate it. I think next week we're going to have uh, Dara Denny and Ash. Uh, so that's going to be a, a, a big from Obvi. Uh, so that's going to be a big show. I'm super excited about that. Um, I really appreciate your time, guys. I guess Robert was wrapped up being the CEO of Triple Whale all week. So I might have to have him on the next one. Uh, apparently, I'm looking at the chat. He said I didn't hit him with a calendar link. Like, okay, my bad. I'll, I'll send that next time. <laughs> the back got to. Yeah, look. Hey, look, I tweeted out last night that this was happening at 10.30 p.m. Because I'm absolute dog shit at late night tweets, apparently. Uh, so that's on me. Uh, and then I also misquoted the time. I gave you the wrong title. Like, Sometimes you're just not on your game. You know what I mean? Sometimes <laughs> yep. just fuck up. That happens. All right, well, with that being said, hey, I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. And um, thank you to everybody that watching this. This was super active. I think that was great. Uh, tune in next time. Like I said, we're going to have a lot of stuff. We'll get it in before. It won't be on Thanksgiving. We'll get it in before that. And, uh, well, I mean, maybe we'll just have all Canadians next week because your Thanksgiving, like, has nothing to do with pilgrims. Yeah. <laughs> It, ha yeah. it happened before. By the way, by the way if you want to have a, a, a small tip that I learned from, from somebody way back in the day, if you want to have people on your shit when you want to take a vacation, hire Jewish Canadians because they're going to work during Thanksgiving and they're going to work during Christmas because it doesn't mean fucking <laughs> anything to them. Uh, and 100% legit work. So for what it's worth, uh, hey, maybe shoelace yeah. and everybody else is taking a vacation. All we right. will be. We will be. It's not a thing for us. It's <laughs> yeah. like it's just a, it's just a weekend. It's just yeah, a there's weekend. Some, there's some random day in September where they're like, oh, by the way, you're like, uh, okay, is our Black Friday campaign coming along good? Yeah, we're on it. Okay, cool. Uh, see you on Monday. And done. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're going to be actively on top of their shit when everybody else is getting fat and lazy. So with that, I'll see you all later. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. Bye.